Okay? Uh, well, then tonight, one of the main reasons that we're gathered together at all, besides some uh, cleanup of things uh, thus far and uh, making sure we're on track as a committee, is to have a presentation from the Crable campaign and to present us with uh, their view of the world after a very successful run with uh, nearly 48% of the votes, and I'm, I guess you'll give us the final numbers, but nearly 48% of the vote, which is, is no news to anyone here, is the highest uh, number or percentage ever earned by anyone uh, against the incumbents, even at, actually when the seat was open, this is higher than what was earned by a Republican. So uh, in that regard, congratulations to the paper campaign for what they did. So at this, at this time, what I'd like to do is turn it over to the, the campaign, give comments um, about the things that happened, and maybe even for the, in the past and the future, and um, allow the committee members to you know, ask questions as they see fit as, uh, as you're going through your presentation and have some dialogue in that manner. Um, in that manner, I mean, this, we've got a lot of history here with 99 with, with, against Mr. Pollard. So, um, you know, if there are any lessons learned, maybe we can take from this for next time. Um, you know, maybe we can have a little round table of that. So, Bill, you have the floor. I'm going to move up here so I can leave my elbows on the table.
the speech in Heathsville to the Tea Party rally occurred at the old courthouse in Heathsville, where she made, uh, she quoted from several founding fathers, and uh, uh, somebody from uh, the uh, Democratic Party of Virginia was there and taped the, uh, videotaped the, uh, the presentation, and then proceeded to, uh, to edit the tape in such a way as to take her comments out of context, that is, to make it appear that what she was, that what was on the tape were, were her comments and not those of, for example, Patrick Henry and some other volatile uh, Revolutionary War, colonial period folks. That, uh, I will tell you, at that point, Colson Newton uh, who uh, I was sitting next to uh, on, the, uh, on the fence when it was delivered, he, uh, he immediately characterized that as Catherine's Makaka moment, uh, which I thought was leading to a conclusion that uh, was not justified, but you can't tell Colson anything because he doesn't, he has his own, his, his mind was, was made up back in uh, probably 1932. <laughs> uh, in any event, they uh, put it on blogs uh, around the uh, area and they were picked up by national blogs and by wire services and uh, it was uh, in, in, a, in a sense that this whole occurred around the world. Um, it, was, uh, it was not a good start for her campaign. And in addition to that, uh, some uh, blogs also picked up uh, a remark uh, that uh, was, which she was quoted uh, with regard to the, uh, the bombing of the Murrah building in uh, Oklahoma City, uh, which killed a number of people, including a large number of children who were in a, a, a daycare center in the building. And uh, that, that remark, which uh, was quoted in, in several publications, um, was itself taken out of context, not necessarily by the blogs, but by the original uh, reports of the, uh, uh, of the remarks, which uh, uh, Catherine, as I understand it, uh, was intending to say that the way, the manner in which uh, the federal government moved in and cleaned up that area so quickly after the bombing uh, uh, was uh, uh, tantamount to destroying evidence that might have been it might have led to uh, a better understanding of exactly what happened during that bombing. Ironically, I, I had passed that building on a, on a, I was working on a presidential campaign at that point, and went out to take an evening walk and, and took a stroll by that building about midnight, uh, about two, two or three weeks before the building was blown up. So uh, it kind of, I'm glad they waited. <laughs> so, in any event, uh, uh, her position on the uh, uh, on that uh, particular incident was uh, derived from uh, a report written by an old friend of ours, uh, General Parton, uh, who uh, was the former uh, chairman of the Republican Party in Fairfax County, Virginia, uh, as an expert on, uh, on, on demolitions and, and uh, munitions and uh, explosives, and, uh, and had a report that uh, criticized the, the swift move of the federal government in cleaning up that, uh, that bomb site uh, and uh, potentially uh, uh, destroyed or eliminated evidence that might have 
uh, arrived at a different conclusion in the investigation. Uh, ironically, there is a plaque uh, in the Republican Party headquarters of the Open Chain Center in Richmond praising General Parton for his contributions to the Republican Party. Uh, also, ironically, there is now a program on, uh, on uh, uh, cable uh, television with the former governor of Minnesota, the former independent governor of Minnesota, uh, called Conspiracy Theory, who makes the very same complaint about the speed with which the federal government moved in and cleaned up the bomb sites at, uh, the, uh, uh, for the Twin Towers in New York City after those two airplanes went in and, uh, and uh, brought the buildings down. I watched that program. I can't say that I subscribed to what Governor Ventura was saying about, uh, about that, but uh, it seems to me that his uh, conspiracy theory has a lot of holes in it, but uh, nevertheless, he is now appearing on television with the same kind of, uh, of uh, uh, remarks. Um, those, uh, those characterizations of uh, Catherine's uh, statements uh, uh, taken out of context and, and really disappointed her in a very major way were picked up by the blogs, which uh, really have, uh, have no, uh, uh, no compulsion or, or uh, uh, reason to get it straight, get it right. Uh, I spent most of my life uh, in politics and also in the news business and uh, understand that uh, the old uh, United Press International slogan, get it fast but get it right, uh, should be a guide on for, uh, for journalism, whether you're writing for newspapers, television, radio, or blogs. It seems to me that they owe that to, uh, ethically, they owe that ethically to, uh, to their readers. Uh, uh, making noise is not the, uh, should not be the uh, criteria. Uh, for this. Unfortunately, uh, then the, uh, the major, the, the, the top staff aides of the three statewide campaigns, uh, Governor, Lieutenant Governor, and Attorney General, uh, came out with statements. They engineered a, a series of statements which they gave to the uh, Washington Post uh, disavowing Catherine's uh, uh, campaign and that was immediately followed in the same article by a statement by the state party chairman, Pat Bones, uh, urging her or demanding that she withdraw her candidacy uh, for the, uh, for the uh, House of Delegates. Uh, nobody called us before they, uh, well, the first call I got on this uh, at all was from the Washington Post. Uh, I never got a call from, uh, uh, on before it was printed from anybody from any of the campaigns or from the state chairman, uh, asking me what about this or trying to clarify what had happened, trying to get our side of it before they took uh, what I consider to be uh, overtly drastic action. We were blindsided by it, and uh, when, when Bowens did call me several days later, um, uh, Pat, and I, Pat and I used to be friends. I use that term advisedly. Uh, when he was uh, chairman of uh, the Republican Party in Fairfax County, I was chairman of the Republican Party in Prince William County. We were neighbors. We were separated by the Occoquan River. And we worked very well together. And we did all the friendship. Uh, we had a working relationship that was very good because 
in those days, what would be Virginia, think of as Northern Virginia, was expanding. It was crossing the uh, the uh, Aquapon River. Um, it was going uh, uh, today. I mean, we think about it coming all the way down to Fredericksburg and beyond. Uh, it's not uh, not what it used to be back in those days. But in any event, Pat did it, and I must, I must say that uh, the the conversation that we had was quite a bit less than cordial. Spirited. Pardon? Spirited. <laughs> That's too mild. <laughs> <clears throat> and uh, I told him that Catherine uh, was not going to withdraw from the campaign, that I was not, I was going to continue as a campaign manager, and uh, uh, but that uh, that they had done us very significant damage, that I wasn't sure that we would recover, uh, but we were going to uh, to do it. My main thought, well, we had several several thoughts on this thing. First of all. If you got your own party leaders sniping at you, it's awfully difficult to mount any credibility as a candidate, and especially if they uh, take you off the, the, the Republican Party of Virginia website and uh, that they make statements that they're not going to give any uh, any help to the campaign whatsoever. We were on our own. Uh, we we, we uh, suffered significant damage in uh, in raising money for the campaign because. Really, you need to have party hacking and, uh, and credibility with, uh, with uh, donors in the party in order to raise the kind of money that it takes to run an effective campaign. I promised Catherine that I would, that in, in, in putting the campaign together and determining what we could and could not do, that I would not leave her with a campaign debt. Uh, nothing hurts a candidate more. Uh, for the future in politics or in private life, that have been facing the, the campaign that, that uh, they're unable to, uh, to pay. I know of one candidate who ran for the United States Senate in Virginia, well, Maurice Dawkins, uh, back in 1988, I was involved in that campaign. And to this day, Maurice still has a campaign debt from that, uh, uh, from that campaign. Uh, uh, and, it, uh, and of course, He's, uh, he's out of politics as a result of it, even though he's a very fine man. <clears throat> uh, we had a lot of, uh, of bloggers uh, uh, sniping at the campaign through, uh, uh, throughout the campaign, and it was generally uh, a mishmash and a repetition of exactly what I've already laid out over and over and over again, the same material. Uh, I was, I was wild about that. Fairly well angered me, it also gave me some hope because when people, you know, there, there are two ways to look at it. If people keep hearing the same thing over and over again, they might begin to believe it. Uh, at the same time, if, they, if, if there is nothing new in what is being said, then there are things that we can do to try to counteract it. And uh, my, uh, my rationale, my approach to it was, uh, as a campaign manager, was not to respond directly to it. Uh, to just let it alone there, let it speak for itself. We will get the voters to know Catherine, to point out who Catherine is, what's, what's, what her campaign platform is, why she wants to be in the House of Delegates, and uh, things of that nature. It's awfully tough to do with the nature of newspapers in the district, uh, in the 99th district. First of all, they're all weekly newspapers, which limits 
the access that you have. Uh, in other words, you don't have a daily newspaper that you can try to get things in every day of the week, especially on Sundays, uh, when people have more time to read the newspapers. But at the same time, you have to concentrate trying to get the newspapers to at least have a story every week. And we weren't getting that. Well, as a matter of fact, neither was the opponent. Um, there was a, a I, I, I guess it came to me by mistake, but uh, I got a, an email that was sent to me. Uh, I guess he hit the wrong button uh, from an editor of uh, one of the newspapers advising the editor of another newspaper that they weren't going to uh, to run Catherine Crable's uh, uh, news releases unless they also got a another news release also from Delegate uh, Pollard so that it wouldn't look like they were taking sides. Which meant that all Pollard had to do to keep us out of the press was not issue any news release. Uh, which to me is an old uh, political editor of a, of a major national a major newspaper. Uh, it just seemed to me that that's an incredible thing to, uh, an incredible policy to have, especially when you consider that that freedom of the press, according to uh, Thomas Jefferson, was justified because it educates voters on what the issues are so they can cast votes responsibly. Well, if if a newspaper, if newspapers are not printing what candidates are saying or, what, or why they're, what they're running for, then it seems to me that they are taking sides with the incumbent who has an advantage anyway in, in an election situation. So it was not a uh, it was not a, a pleasant thing. Uh, I had one newspaper reporter who uh, sent me an email saying that this was well into the campaign that he wanted to interview Catherine and uh, and find out uh, how she felt about what the blogs were saying about her in, with regard to the Heathville speech and Oklahoma City and all that sort of thing. And I just refused to give that reporter an interview because. We were ignoring that, first of all, and to give him access on those grounds was to uh, was to just revive the whole issue and put it into one of the larger newspapers in the district. Um, I've had a little, a little uh, experience with that when I was in John Warner's first campaign for the Senate back in 1978. I was the campaign press secretary, and uh, a reporter for the Washington Post uh, asked a question in, and I know I'm dragging this out, but I, it, to me it's important because it is also instructive on what we do in the future. Uh, a reporter from the Washington Post uh, attended a news conference we held in, uh, in uh, Alexandria, uh, and he asked a question about former, former uh, Chief of Naval Operations uh, Zumwalt's book in which he said that John Warner, Secretary of the Navy, and delayed integration of the Navy, racial integration of the Navy. And Warren responded to it. And then we held another news conference later that day down in Richmond. The same reporter tagged along and asked the same question. Well, of course, that became the story in Alexandria. Then it became the story in Richmond. And then when we went down to Norfolk, he asked the same question again. So that, in other words, he was just leapfrogging with us. It's, and turning our, uh, our our situation into the same story everywhere we went, and that was uh, about two weeks before the campaign. Well, that happened three weeks before the campaign, before the uh, election day, 
And so for the last two weeks, we shielded John Warner from the press entirely. Nobody from news, news media got close to it. Asking even, how are you today, John? And uh, you know something funny? They never were aware of it because we gave them such a dog and pony show that they didn't know they were being ignored or, or, uh, or shoved aside. I wasn't going to let that happen to Catherine, and it didn't. At the same time, we had to we had to get Catherine's word out to the voters of the 99th district. Uh, how we were going to do that, we weren't quite sure, because we knew from the campaign finance reports for the state board of election that that uh, Alpo had, uh, had had vast sums of money more than Catherine had. Uh, we weren't going to be able to match him dollar for dollar, or even six dollars for dollar. Uh, there was no way we were going to or dollar for his six. We weren't going to be able to uh, to match him at all. That. So we had to to figure out how we could get our word out in an economic way, at the same time not being captain with the campaign debt. We decided that we were going to do that with newspaper advertisements and with with uh, spots on. Uh, radio stations and uh, in four stations in the district. Uh, we were able to do that. It's ironic that in one newspaper, which purports to cover the lower end of the northern neck uh, very well, had only one article about, uh, one column about the campaign. The whole, during the whole campaign, had one column about it. All the rest of the mention about the campaign in their colleagues calls with the letters to the editor. They didn't have a reporter covering the campaign at all. Which to me as a as a prepared journalist is absolutely despicable. It's uh, you know the, the, you know they own the newspaper. Um, the, uh, the another newspaper in the district had only two or three articles during the whole campaign. Uh, we know that another newspaper had articles written that were never published. Uh, by one of their own reporters. So uh, it, uh, it, was, it was very frustrating, but we, we ran uh, four newspaper ads uh, in all of the newspapers in the district, all of the weekly newspapers. We couldn't afford the, uh, uh, the freelance star. But uh, we ran, uh, we ran those, uh, those ads in the newspapers. All of them were, were in, a sense, in a sense, blowing the whistle on Pollard and his voting record and where he stood on major issues and the fact that he was ducking debates uh, with uh, campaign debates with Catherine. Uh, I guess our total number of radio spots was something like a dozen, was it, Catherine, by the time we were finished? Uh, different ones? Yeah, different, yes. a dozen different uh, uh, radio spots, of all of them uh, issues oriented. Uh, telling the voters uh, who Catherine was, where she stood on various issues, and what she intended to do as a member of the House of Delegates. Uh, we heard from <coughs> people all across the district that, uh, that those uh, those radio spots were really reaching the people and were really changing minds uh, uh, and, and getting the truth out about Catherine in a very real way. Uh, needless to say, uh, we lost. Uh, it was, as you mentioned, uh, Mr. Chairman, the closest uh, vote that has ever uh, been cast uh, against Robert uh, Pollard in his political career, except when he ran for the House of Delegates. 
Uh, Catherine lost by 1,031 votes. Not too shabby, considering the, the, what we uh, had to deal with with this campaign. Uh, it was, uh, she got 47.65 hundredths uh, uh, percent of the, uh, of the, the vote, the total vote. Uh, 10,824 uh, voters cast their ballots for her, uh, and uh, that uh, was uh, uh, that included both precincts in uh, Carolina County, uh, Bowling Green and, uh, and Port Royal. Both of them went overwhelmingly for Catherine, even though the county chairman up there. Um, was opposed to her candidacy, actively campaigned against her, and uh, and refused to do anything uh, uh, for her campaign at all, uh, even putting up signs or uh, left a, he left uh, her name off the sample ballot. Uh, those things that, that you would normally expect a a, uh, a county chairman to do. As a matter of fact. It was members of the 99th District Tea Party that went up to Carolina County, and in those two precincts, put up the signs and went with Catherine to do door knocking, and uh, and really supported the campaign uh, uh, in in those two precincts. Uh, we uh, have uh, reports uh, that on election day, uh, the county chairman was telling voters. Uh, not to vote for Catherine, and uh, and uh, I had several telephone conversations with the, the county chairman's chair. wife. Pardon? Who? You said the county chairman. You meant a county chairman? In Carolina County. Oh, okay. Uh, this, this, I had several telephone conversations with his wife, and this is, this is incredible. She said that we just can't have this kind of campaign up there because uh, the area up here is like Mayberry. Uh, I wonder if the voters in Carolina County know that they're that they're thinking about the about the the, the folks up there as a, as a bunch of uh, country bumpkins or something. I uh, to me it was just an incredible attitude to have about folks on whom you arrive for election victory. King George County uh, gave uh, Catherine. Uh, uh, a huge number of votes. Uh, she got uh, uh, 55, uh, well, over 55 and a half percent of the vote in King George County. Uh, Lancaster County, uh, she got, uh, she only got 41 uh, and a half percent of the vote there. But it's an interesting thing about Lancaster County that uh, uh, several days before election, Catherine got a, an email from Albert Power in which he apologized. He said he had gone to his campaign headquarters that morning and had discovered that the phone bank had called her home uh, soliciting votes and that uh, he wanted to assure her that, that he was not being a mean person, that he, he did not mean it as harassment or any of that sort of thing. Well, Albert Maloney, because you know, I mean, a phone bank. Uh, is a get-out-the-vote vehicle. Uh, it is something that uh, you, you don't call uh, opponents' lists uh, to get out the vote. 
If you're going to call a bonus list, what you're doing is something called vote suppression. You're trying to get those people turned around and get them against the, that particular party's nominee. And I think that that's exactly what they were doing in Lancaster County. They were placing anti-cradle votes to the Republican list because surely the Democrats know uh, what, what their voter lists show, just as we know what voter vote shows. And uh, especially since uh, uh, Mark Not John Warner is the guy that got them, got the Democratic Party in Virginia embarked on that sort of a project in the first place when, when he was uh, when he first ran for public office. So it, uh, it just seems to me that uh, uh, that's borne out as well by the vote recount in three precincts in Lancaster County, which I uh, covered. Uh, sat there as they were going over. They had, they had some, some problems with their voting machines and they had to go through the ballots as if they were paper ballots and count them. And there were hundreds of votes that were straight Republican, straight Republican except voting for Captain Craven. Uh, that is that despite the fact that the uh, Lancaster County Republican Party was solidly for uh, uh, Catherine's candidacy, and as a matter of fact, had taken out newspaper ads in her behalf. <clears throat> so it just seems to be seems to me that they were running the Democrats were running a, a voters a vote suppression operation there in an area that uh, where people were familiar with Albert Pollard and had voted for him overwhelmingly in the past. Uh, also in Richmond County, Debbie, uh, <laughs> we're really pleased with the job you did up here in, uh, in Richmond County. Because, oh yeah, well uh, we we saw signs everywhere up here. We, well, yeah. we did try to put out signs. Yeah, they did. And uh, I know that. I and know my that, father has refused to take his down yet. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, there are still it, two signs on 624. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and while Catherine got only a little over 40% of the vote in Richmond County, uh, we saw action here that uh, we fully appreciate. I, I may I add something? Sure. I got a phone call early on in the campaign. This is Alpha Pollard's campaign. We have you down as a previous supporter, Mr. Pollard. We'd like to know if you'd be interested in the yard sign. <laughs> I usually hang up on those. Yeah. That one. I said, excuse me, do you know who you're calling? <laughs> and they go, no. I said, I am chairman of the Richmond County Republican Committee. I said, I am supporting Ms. Crable. Thank you, and do not call me here anymore. <laughs> About the two or three days, the weekend before the election, I got a poll. Well, they started out. They were calling on behalf of, do you plan on voting? Oh, and they said, this is, you know, I'm calling on behalf of uh, uh, Delta Pollard. Did you plan on voting in Tuesday's election? I didn't wait for them to say anything else. I said, yes, I do, but not for him. Thank you very much. And hung up. And my husband said, there. of course, he's always wondering what, what people are saying to get the response out of me. And he said, who was that? I said, I'm a He said, what are they going to call you? <laughs> I said, obviously, they've got their watch on. Mm -hmm. so, and I, I actually had people that I met that they did the same thing happen. They, yeah, well, uh, they were calling. That's a suppression operation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, I suspect that, uh, that they knew by then that there were a lot of Democrats that weren't going to vote, mm -hmm. yeah. and they worked the Republican uh, list to try to, to get them to vote. Mm -hmm. uh, as I look over 
Northumberland County Committee also paid for an ad that ran throughout the district. Uh, so it, uh, it really, uh, it was very helpful that, uh, that we had this kind of participation. Uh, I will tell you that uh, it was reported to me uh, after, the, after the election day that uh, Pat Mullins, the state chairman, had a, had a telephone conversation with another person who confided in us that Mullins had said that if the statewide candidates and he had not done what they had done, this is about Catherine, she would have won this race. Uh, and I think that those of us who were involved in it know that that is darn true. Mm -hmm. Looking at the future, uh, uh, she, uh, Catherine has attracted attention from uh, practically across the state. I was getting emails from uh, the Stanton area and down the Mountain Valley uh, and uh, uh, from uh, the Richmond area and uh, uh, even Costa Rica. Can you imagine that? The guy, the guy lives in, uh, in uh, Virginia Beach, retired Navy. Uh, a lot depends uh, on what the Republican Party does in the future as to how we will fare uh, in this district. Uh, I think we missed a good chance to, to defeat Alpo and probably end his political career. Uh, we weren't able to do that this time. And frankly, through no fault of our own, because we tried very hard with what we had available to us and, and under the circumstances. Uh, I think uh, a lot depends on uh, what the Tea Party does uh, in, uh, in the district uh, and in the state uh, in the future. They are, for all practical purposes, not organized as a political organization yet. They might very well start to organize that way. I don't know. Uh, I've attended several of their meetings uh, as an observer, and uh, uh, and uh, they're, uh, I know a lot of people that are involved in it. There are a lot of Republicans that show up at these meetings. There also are a lot of Democrats and independents. And uh, what the future holds there, I don't know. But as I look over the vote returns for the 99th district, I don't see where they made an appreciable difference in this election. Uh, as I look at the, at the returns proportionally, they're about the same as they have been in past elections, except that the Republican vote is a little higher. Uh, but I don't see that, uh, that, the, uh, that there's enough of a difference there yet that we can count on election victory in every instance uh, when it comes to uh, to the local elections. <coughs> Pardon me. Um, I know that uh, some members of the Tea Party have since joined the, uh, the uh, Republican Committee in Northumberland County. Uh, they are welcome, of course. Uh, when I was county chairman under Chris William, uh, I rejected uh, Lee Atwater's Big Ten philosophy because I viewed it Noted Atwater and the people around him uh, in the in the Elder Bush administration. <coughs> uh, I recognize that not as an effort to broaden the base of the party, but as a as a moderate takeover of the party and getting rid of uh, the folks that were at that time in those days considered a threat to the party, and that is the uh, uh, the, uh, the Christian fundamentalists and the border. Um, we, uh, that, 
I, I ran the county committee up there at that time as, as the party of the open door. If you wanted to come in and participate, you were welcome. But you had to participate, you had to work. And I know the Democrats back in those days were great cries of alarm that the Christian coalition was taking over the Republican Party in Prince William County. Well, we had a, we had a Republican party, a committee of about 300, well, more than 300 people. And we had five members of the Christian coalition, so I mean, it gives you some idea about what kind of a takeover it was. Uh, I think we should welcome anybody who comes in and wants to work hard for the Republican philosophy. We should welcome them into our party. Uh, and I think uh, today I got an email, and uh, I think that Albert Pollard has begun to realize one of his weaknesses too, because at the next meeting of the, uh, of the 99th District uh, Tea Party, in Lively, guess who's going to show up and speak? <coughs> Albert Palmer. Oh, we all got I hope I don't have anything else to do that night, because I sure would love to go and, and sit in the back of the room and, uh, and see what happens there. But I'd be pleased to take your, your questions. I think that, that Catherine, I think that Catherine deserves uh, a lot of praise for the campaign that, uh, that she ran for this this seat. She did a magnificent job. Uh, she clearly stated her positions uh, to the electorate in the district, and she got a lot of votes that uh, if we had permitted the, uh, the bloggers and the Democrats uh, to continue uh, their uh, venality through the rest of the campaign, uh, that would not have happened. Uh, she deserves our thanks. Uh, what her future goals, I don't have a crystal ball. But uh, she has attracted a lot of attention throughout the state, and uh, there are a lot of people that are urging her to do this and to do that. Um, and I think uh, my, my advice to her has been to keep her options open. And I'm uh, pretty sure that's exactly what she's going to do. <laughs> If I would like to make one comment, I think uh, it would have helped Catherine's campaign immensely also if the 28th District Congressman had supported her. 28th District? Mm -hmm. Well, we were the first Stuck with it. 
uh, some people in the party are urging the meeting to get this sorted out, uh, that, uh, to try to get involved, to come around and say, oh yes, well now I support Catherine. Uh, I've been around politicians all my life. I grew up in a political family. I know that politicians, once they have stuck their necks out and it gets in the newspaper, it's awful difficult for them to back down. They just don't do it. And so I did not want a meeting that would end with, with no movement at all. And then the headline would have been, Catherine met with him to try to get him to change his mind, and she failed. And you know, so he just revived the whole thing all over again. Um, it, uh, yeah, I think that hurt us. Frankly, I think it also hurt Rob Whitman. I think so too. I think it did. Yeah. Thank you. Um, one, one thing, Bill, um, did, did I understand you say that Pat Mullins, when he admitted that if they had not disavowed Catherine, that she would have won? That was his opinion. Was that a quote? That's, a exactly, paper? that's exactly a quote. Not in the paper. Not in the paper. This was a telephone conversation. Okay. Was that with you? Or? No, no. It was, I, I heard I, this was reported to me, and so I got in touch with the person uh, to whom Mullins talked, and he confirmed that that was the substance. That was the quote coming okay. out of the, of the phone, okay. telephone conversation. Yeah, it just so happens that that person also is an old friend. Of yours. Any other questions for Bill from the committee? Before well, we, we're going to give Catherine a chance. I, I if have you a want question, to and I mean this may be, you know, showing my ignorance. How do we handle this when people that are Republicans or lean towards Republicans bring this up? What? That our statewide candidates did not vote for Catherine, didn't or did not, they did not vote, did not openly support Catherine, and now these same people feel like they don't know if they can support them later on. It was, it was a. It's, and I, I mean, and I'm, I'm, I really have been questioned by some good people in this county. No, I, I believe that, that, that was a devastating uh, situation for us. Uh, it, it's awfully tough to uh, to recover from something that that bad, quite frankly. Uh, the uh, the difficulty was that they saw it they, that they saw Catherine's uh, uh, position on the ballot as hurting their own chances of election, and I mean obviously that didn't happen. Uh, so uh, there's an expression for that in in politics, but I can't use it in this context. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the daddy's question. Good one. What do you say to me? Yeah. Well, you know, I think I think you try to do what we try to do in, in Catherine's campaign, and that is to get the voters to know who Catherine really right. really is. And, uh, well, these the people do, but they're they're wondering now: can they support Bob McDonald later on? Can they continue to support Bill Bowling? Can they support Ken Cuccinelli? And they support Rob Whitman because these people did not come out and help her. I mean, I, if I may. the day after the election, or a week after, I had someone call me and say, if they had, no offense, Catherine, if they had supported that girl, she would have won. I'm so offended. You know? <laughs> if they had supported, and that, now what are we going to do? And I'm like, Oh, well, um, we get behind Catherine. If she runs again, we support her, and all we can do is we hope that they will see their 
you know, that their error of their ways and support. And you know, I really make you know, I thought I will not go to Richmond on, on January sixteenth. I don't care. Under no circumstances will I go to Richmond on January sixteenth. And lo and behold, what happens last week, I get an invitation to go to Richmond on January sixteenth. You know, I was I was there on another cold day in you know where uh, several years ago, so but uh, yeah. Well, I think I think that there are a lot of people who are who are indicating their displeasure with with the party right. by refusing to, to respond to the fundraising mm -hmm. that is going on. Uh, that's one vehicle. Uh, the uh, you know we're not alone because uh, Bill Hamilton's uh, yeah. people have the same problem down in Tidewater, uh, where uh, they threw they threw Phil into the bus too, and he lost by a very narrow margin. Uh, even though he's a long-time member of the House of Delegates, um, we have a we have a way of uh, of uh, shooting our wounded, and uh, it, it, it's something that has to stop. And I think that any time that they even come close to trying to do it again, uh, we should be very publicly vociferous against it. Uh, there, you know, politics is more than it, it's not a one-way street. Uh, it, uh, one of the things, one of the things that letters to the editor and, for that matter, the blogs give us are vehicles that we can uh, that we can respond to this sort of thing. Uh, not all uh, not all blogs are out to uh, savage Republicans. Not all blogs are out to savage Democrats. Some some there are indeed some blogs out there that really do a pretty good job of analyzing political events. Um, and I think we should appeal to those people. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this has got to be short. Well, let's don't be Larry. You know, and, and quite frankly, you know, I've always said that, you know, uh, I, I wish we could get enough money uh, here on the road and to start our own newspaper. Well, that's a little tough to do uh, because it takes a lot of money to uh, establish a newspaper and start from scratch. But uh, maybe we ought to get a blog together uh, uh, too on that uh, in that regard to uh, to uh, to counteract some of this stuff. Some people who run blogs do it because because uh, well I know several of them and they're really just not nice people uh, and uh, they vent their screens uh, you know through their blogs and. Uh, um, and nobody who knows them takes them seriously. Unfortunately, not enough readers of their blogs know them. Okay. Um, did you have a question? Uh, we'll okay. Thank you, Bill. Okay. Thank you very, very much. Uh,